0: Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Um, you can listen to us every Tuesday here from 12 to 1 on Conros FM 104.5 and 106.1. And we're here this afternoon and we're going to be talking about temporary orders. But before we get into that, next week we're going to talk about defamation. And uh, just a little segue into our temporary orders. But let's begin with how are you doing this afternoon, Tony?
1: I am doing fine on the way up here. As we were discussing earlier, I was doing the Geico commercial. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I saw you calling me and I desperately wanted to answer the phone. (laughs) But I was going like, you know, 70 miles an hour in traffic. Oh, no, you weren't. Uh, Okay, I wasn't. I was going 55. I wasn't breaking. Good. Good Uh, for you, Tony. (laughs) My goodness. I am just today. Even your microphone didn't believe you. It's going to be one of these days. Here comes okay. Dick. He's gonna fix oh, it. Oh, thank you, thank you. I guess maybe, did I twist it? <laughs> to the
0: rescue! Thank you. So you, so you were going fifty five yes, and not breaking you. the law. Yes,
1: yes, I wasn't breaking the law and I <laughs> i I finally made it here, but it was. I don't know what happened. The phone just it slid off the console, and then it. By the time I found it, I i don't know. It, it was. It was like some sort of a you know, um, maybe it was the Holy Spirit. I don't know what it was, but it was nowhere near where it flew to. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It, so wasn't you even close. Answer it? it was like it had like legs. Uh, no, no, I don't. It wasn't even close to where it, it would have flown. Skis. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. It was like in the bag behind the seat like on the my side phone. of the corner. And I'm yeah. like, OK, this is kind of spooky. Who's in the car with me? <laughs> and that sounds
0: like my phone. It never just falls where I can just reach over and pick it up. It falls in the trunk. I don't know how that happens, but it's like the center of gravity, I think, is where I'm sitting. And there's the spin out, mm-hmm. you know, and it and it spins out to the furthest reach.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tony. Um, on, mm-hmm. Okay, so what I'm just kind of curious. What's on Cheryl's mind? Well, Are you know, I need to know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been thinking about all this tweeting and Roseanne Barr and
1: Suicide. And oh, Anthony Bod. I know. And uh, I'm a little twenty-year-old from the Disney Channel. He's a cute. Kid. Oh wait, no, I didn't hear about him. Yes. Who was First that? Kate Spade. I mean, she's our age. It's I crazy. know. And then uh, Anthony Bodine. And then my friend Fran told me that she read that the probably the likely reason that he committed suicide was not because he was depressed, or maybe that was a Who, part Bodine? of Bodine? Yeah, she said she really dug into it. And then Jim confirmed it. Jim, being you know the inquiring mind that he is, um, said that he had been dating a girl named Asia. He was an actress from Italy. He was like forty two. Oh, okay. and that she and uh, my friend Fran kind of. So, you know supported what he was telling me but added more to it saying that he had just given this girl he dated a um, a her own show on the same network that his uh, parts unknown was on and then he also uh, had made her a producer or something on his show and and he was just madly in love with her and then um, that and kind of putting this all together she had deleted like three hours before his suicide a picture of her and a twenty eight year old guy holding hands and she was in a T-shirt that said, you know, some foul language on it. She was like a biker girl or something, even though she was an actress. Anyway, apparently, uh, we have come to the conclusion, even though it was, it's not, you know, said anywhere that she was probably cheating on him, and he just found out about it, and it was and he was broken heart because
0: everything was and going then for he him. Himself, yeah. I mean, you know, that is so sad to me. And you know, some people just don't have any tolerance for suicide whatsoever. You know, there was some discussion, and I just think it's so sad about Kate Spade,
1: and had this 13-year-old daughter. And he had an 11-year-old daughter. No way. But these people talk about it, you know, kind of not that it's our show topic today, but these people had talked about suicide earlier in their lives, in passing, as though kind of flippantly, instead of like, oh, no, I'd never do that. That's a mortal sin or whatever. Instead, it was an option, so well, he
0: he discussed it when he was younger. Yeah,
1: and and do so you did know Kate, of Kate Spade. Spade? Yeah, she did too. So it's kind of an option. In oh the back well, in at the least months? we don't know them, but that's what people had said. Right. When people are talking about suicide as sort of you know sort of an option in life, that's oh, not gosh. a good thing. Oh, <laughs> I would be gosh. like, get to your church immediately. That's a mortal sin. You know, life is is fleeting and passing. And we're only here for a short time. And you know, why would you just? I think I've been that depressed at certain points where it, you think about it, but only in the most depressed circumstances where you feel like there's nowhere to turn. And then you have people like my best friend, Fran, and, you know, uh, and your children and people that kind of tell you, they shake you out of it. Right. Because it's just a, a what is that little phrase? It's a temporary solution, a permanent solution for a temporary problem.
0: Yes, that's anyway, exactly the phrase. Yes, uh, that was depressing. Me, so I've
1: been praying for them. It's, yeah, good for you. I, I'm Me too, uh,
0: and the family. and And, you know, if any one of our listeners is going through something like that or Knows someone who is and Facebook us. Yeah, you can <laughs> well you can reach out to us at uh, www.legalconnectionshow.com dot uh, com forward slash contact. You can also uh, Google the um, suicide hotline here in Montgomery County, and uh, you know, reach out to someone. You know, suicide is a is not a solution. It's like Tony was saying; it's a temporary. I mean, it's a permanent.
1: Solution, solution to a temporary, to a temporary, problem. temporary and problem i will tell you on, in my most depressed periods and you know i'm not a depressed person but everybody no. everybody goes through periods in their life where they don't know where to turn right whether it's that you've let someone down or you set really high expectations for yourself and you didn't make them or someone left you that you thought that was love of your life it never right. fails that if you just can get up the next morning and I'm not talking about people that are clinically depressed because that, that's something else altogether. No, they need know, help. You can get out help. of that too, though. Right. And it just, things always get better. They they do get better. Yes. Absolutely. And it's God has control. God has a plan. And, uh-huh. Yeah. You know.
0: Well, and what we're going to be talking about next week is uh, defamation. And uh, what else is on my mind is the Roseanne Barr tweet. I know that's not as current as the... The suicide, rash of suicide. <laughs> I beat you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's current. I And I thought about covering something like that, but I couldn't think of a body of law that suicide might, um, I mean, you know, Sort of or, more,
1: your more, uh, what is it, the moral laws? Well, wills. Canada we had laws. been
0: talking about wills, but good night. You know, I mean, we've, that's just so sad. But, um, but on a lighter note, which is kind of strange that this would even be a lighter note is the tweeting and the, de- you know, defamation. And what is that? We're going to talk about that next
1: week. Our next week's show, Defamation and the First Amendment Rights, covers such a broad spectrum of, you know, people that are just sort of being mean and defamation. If, if you're a celebrity and you set yourself up for it, are, um, are truly in the sense where somebody is out to get vindication and defaming you um, intentionally. Right. And it, it's, it's just a, a whole body of law that it requires that we have probably two shows on it. I mean, yeah. it, it's pretty significant. We have a lot of case law on it. I've done quite a few defamation cases mm-hmm. representing people and um, and what the outcomes are and that kind of thing.
0: hmm But, you know, Roseanne Barr, just uh, briefly, you know, made a comment about Valerie Jarrett. I believe she was uh, Obama's senior advisor. Yeah, I didn't know who uh, that person was. Advisor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, I, I'm not really zoned in, you know, um, when Obama was president. You know, we just kind of hunkered down. And, mm-hmm. And um, and said that, um I, to me, you know, it wasn't it it's not defamation. She shouldn't have said
1: it, and we got the community backlash. Well, there's, there's a defense, I don't think it was defamation either. There's many defenses to it, and a sarcasm is not defamation. No, uh, but see Roseanne, who knows what Roseanne Barber's really, you I mean? Her, it's kind of hard for her to She's a comedian, so she could just say it was part of her. her
0: well, she said that she blamed it on Ambien. That she had taken Ambien and was I trying to go to the sleep. Ambien defense. That was I her hate defense. Hate it. I have more the people with defense. DWIs
1: that have the Ambien defense. It's oh like, really? Oh please, don't give me that one. I don't want to hear because I don't want to be on the road with somebody with the Ambien defense. If you're taking Ambien, please do not tweet and please do not drive. That's
0: right. <laughs> that should be the two. Go home uh, and go cautious. to bed, or don't, or be home when you take Ambien. How about that? And someone take your phone away. Yes, no <laughs> kidding. Uh, but anyway, we're going to talk about that next keys. week. <laughs> but this week, we're going to be talking about temporary orders. Yes,
1: and I just want to add one other little thing. Um, you know, we, we're, of course, we're attorneys. And yes. uh, before every uh, case, even the the most mundane case, the cases that you know you're going to win, you know, I still get nervous, really nervous. It's mm-hmm. kind of like when I was, I don't know what it's, which phobia it is, but when you're afraid to talk in front of people, that would be me. Even talking to you right now, it's comfortable because we're just in the station and there's not a lot of people around. And I know you, but in public and in public speaking, I freeze. And all the way back to elementary school, I would like sweat. I would be like panicky, like in the third and fourth grade, if it was my turn to read, you know, the next, you know, line or whatever, if we were going down the um uh, yeah, the, the row the of people reading or whatever. and mm-hmm. it would scare me to death to do anything where I stood up and spoke. I mean, really? I was, and even up until the time when after I uh, was practicing law, when they'd call the docket, I would freeze. And I thought my clients are going to think I'm crazy, but um, what if I fall when I stand up and I would just like panic. And it's taken me a long time to get over that. Really? And, uh, yeah. Are you over it? Um, I think it's because I've, uh, I've tried to train myself that other people are afraid too. Yeah. And if I keep looking at it from the perspective that I have to do my job mm-hmm. and my job is to represent people mm-hmm. and get past it, then once I get past that initial uh, a, a fear of whatever it is, I don't know what the fear is. The fear is falling over or fear of making a fool of myself for saying the wrong thing or choking and falling over. I don't know what the fear is. Uh, <laughs> you know. I can see you. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what it is, but um, I tend to define And usually my clients have no idea that I'm like got sweaty palms and stuff because I've you know, it's sort I, of— I've um, seen you speak in public, and, yeah, and, and no one has any But Internally, it's something I've had to fight all my life, hmm. and it can be done. Um, but I, I usually pray really hard before I do every case, before I prepare for it, during and during. I, I'll just be really like, just, God, give me the strength to get through this, and, and give me the wisdom and the perseverance to, to say the right things and to listen and that kind of thing. And, and uh, you know, I was praying the other day about another case that was coming up, and this is crazy, and I don't know if I told you this, because i talked to you quite a bit, but— um, you know, that that inner voice told me that the answer to what I needed to hear for this next hearing was in Proverbs. If that's not weird, if, and I know you've read Proverbs, right? I mm-hmm, sure have. I have not read Proverbs. I'll be the really? first to say. And Proverbs to me is like fortune cookies. And um it, I mean, everything about it, it was like, mm-hmm. so we need to have a show one day where we say, is it Kanye West, Proverbs, are. Uh, or a fortune cookie, if I read something, because they all sound alike to me. Okay. <laughs> so um, I was just going to say, uh, I didn't know, and I was just going to throw this out here, but the answer was in Proverbs. It was kind of weird. They're little snippets. They're so like little reader's digest. Right. Uh, Proverbs, and and what what do you know about Proverbs? Just quickly, so we're not really focused well, on
0: this. Well, gosh, I don't think I could talk about that quickly. I mean, Proverbs, <laughs> Proverbs is the little snippets of wisdom from Solomon, and uh just, um, did God
1: give it to them, him or
0: uh, well, he says an that angel? he learned some of it from his mother, but I think they're the words of God, they're the words of wisdom. Um, I have a teaching called the Women of Wisdom, and it's on Proverbs 31 the Proverbs 31 woman. Um, I mean, so what about Proverbs or
1: well, you, just did, you, um, uh, like they're saying, I would say this, yeah, that if you're having trouble with your children or a problem that you've run into, these are. Proverbs has got little moral teachings and little gives you direction. Um, they're words of wisdom. They're words they're of guidance, wisdom, and they're real life. short. And so, if mm-hmm. if people are having a bad time out there, say Anthony Bourdain or Rodney, or yeah. whatever his name, what was his name? Bourdain. Bourdain. Um, is how I say it. Yeah, in, uh, I, that's probably right. Um, I would say that just pick a Bible up and go to Proverbs. Absolutely, Ecclesiastes, that is and,
0: great advice. Uh,
1: and like, like, just for example, uh, one of them is really simple, and they're so logical if you are weak in a crisis, you are weak indeed. So get strong. That's just the proverb. This is what Solomon says. If you're weak in a crisis, then you're a weak person. You need to pick up and go be strong during a crisis. Get that adrenaline going. Um, Being wise is better than being strong. Yes, knowledge is more important than strength. After all, you must make careful plans before you fight a battle. And more good advice you get, the more likely you are to win. Hmm. So Proverbs kind of gives you a little direction. It gives you a roadmap. I mean, What great advice is that? And, you know, the different ones that I was looking at was never, because, you know, I do a lot of property suits. And Mm -hmm. this one was like, this this proverb was literally, I opened up to this one. Never move an old property line that your ancestors established. Hmm. I love that one. Mm -hmm. And another one is never move an old property line or take over land owned by orphans. Hmm. The Lord is the powerful defender and he will argue the case against you. their case against you. I mean, all of this is about, it goes toward wisdom for living. The wisdom that I needed was right here, and I'm going to use it. So, so people go to Proverbs.
0: Go to Proverbs. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and does that, what does that have to do with our temporary orders?
1: Um, It it didn't. (laughs) Oh, okay.
0: I thought that you were, you were leading into something. Um, Well, no,
1: I mean, it does. It has that within temporary orders, it also talks about in Proverbs, Uh, your children and how you should raise them and uh which goes toward in temporary orders what we're going to do today in this in in this whole the rest of the segment is i don't think a lot of people know that haven't been divorced before what temporary orders are with regard to child custody cases so we're going to go over that right that's great okay well first we're going to go to break
0: but i just want to tell you guys you can call us at 281-529-5862 and leave us a a voice message and we will get back to you and maybe even answer your question on the air. We'll be right back after the break. welcome back to the legal connection show with tony and cheryl tony and i are here today and we are talking about temporary orders and what temporary orders are is that when people file for divorce and they're Uh, are children involved it's typically when there are children involved usually if there are no children you don't need a lot of temporary orders but uh except for don't spend the community funds and don't you know sell my stuff and don't get involved in lawsuits without telling me and all that kind of stuff but um when children are involved you've got custody uh issues and temporary orders and so the court will order orders that are Last for the duration of the suit, the divorce suit, until the final decree is entered, and then they enter permanent orders uh, that have to do with child custody. So today we're talking about temporary orders.
1: Yes. And so the question is, and I think you kind of explained this to us, but I'm going to see if you can answer your own question. What is a temporary orders hearing, you know?
0: Yeah, it's where uh, the parties show up and they over for the judge and the judge will issue, um, the times that, uh, each party will have custody of the children and how long that will be. A standard possession order is like you'll, uh, party A will have primary custody of the children and party B will have the children, the first, third and fifth weekends of each
1: month. Well, that's the temporary. I guess, um, you're, you're also, you're, you're kind of, you're addressing actually orders that are, uh. Could it be the temporary restraining order, the temporary orders, are or the the permanent orders? Because, I mean, the big scheme of things, everything is temporary, right? I mean, the orders that are issued for your uh, child custody case could be uh, temporary in the sense that when your kid turns 18 or graduates from high school, it's over. So it's temporary. And yeah. I will give just an example uh, of, of a case that I did um, with temporary orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we entered into a, um, I guess it was a child custody battle, and uh, the, the the attorney's fees were so high for this couple that they could no longer keep fighting. And I think, mm-hmm. just as a little background without going into all the legal stuff, um, but basically, what happens is, uh, and you don't know this because you have not been divorced. And I truly did not experience this personally with my divorces because I had amicable divor- divorces. So mm-hmm. everything was agreed to. And um, as all mediators say, and you've, you've been a mediator, right? Can right. you mediate? Absolutely. Um, that it's better to, I think Lincoln also said this too, it's better if the two parties can make an agreement amongst themselves as opposed to having the judge do it for them because the the ultimate winners in the case are the attorneys because Mm -hmm. the attorneys and the amicus and the ad litems and all the people that are involved in it are, are basically uh, taking your pool of funds that you've earned all your life because it's, and it's not, it's not unfair that they do that. You've no, they're working people into your life and now that you've, their problem, your problem, is now their problem, mm-hmm. and the the really good ones charge a lot of money for yeah. your problem to be their problem. Right. And um, there's no guarantee what the outcome is going to be either, because they don't have any control over the facts that you've presented them with. Right. So, um, but if they're really good and you've got uh, you know, fair and just uh attorneys helping you work with it, uh, with the case, then then maybe you won't you won't come out completely destitute at the end. And still not be happy with the final results. So try to work it out on your own. Well, first, try to make the marriage work, if possible. Right. Uh, or, you know, work out some kind of—if if you can't do that, then try to work amicably with the parents of your children. And if you can't do that, then, um, then that's what we're here for today. We're going to try to guide you through this. And this goes for people who have children. And it could also be uh, for people that have—our grandparents and their children have children— Right. Ma- people, it, it could be for anybody that's in the situation where they could help. We're going to try to help them today. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens in a divorce situation, and then I'll go into my little example, is um, for people that don't understand the way this works, is when somebody files for divorce or if they file for child custody, they, um, they, the petition is filed, and the very first thing that's filed with the petition is uh, a part of the petition It's called a temporary restraining order, and, it's, and many times it's ex parte. Some of the courts in Montgomery County and Harris County don't like ex parte um, uh, uh, temporary restraining orders. And this is, ex parte means the other person is not even involved in it. This petition Mm -hmm. can be filed, and you don't even know it's been filed. Mm -hmm. And it asks for all these things. There's like 26 different things that Mm -hmm. are in the standard uh, Mm -hmm. temporary restraining order, like you can't spend money that's in the joint account. You can't, there's a lot of things that you can't do that just keep everything status quo Mm -hmm. as a picture of what it looked like when it was filed. The bad thing is the person filing, it, it may not be a very nice person, and they're stopping you from doing something, and you're not even aware of it. Um, typically, the temporary restraining order doesn't become into effect until you're served with it, though. But the judge will sign it once the petition is signed. Once it, I'm sorry. The judge will sign the temporary restraining order at, at the time that it's kind of routed through the court. And, once the petition is in and And, and these, these petitions are not uh, on notice to the public for 30 days. So because it's kept confidential, because sometimes men get upset or women get upset when they see that their partner's trying to divorce them. Right. So until they're served, it's not known to anybody. You cannot see it. Only the person filing it and their attorney knows about it. Mm-hmm. And I guess and the clerk before it becomes uh, public knowledge. Mm-hmm. And even when it's filed, even the, uh, when they, they find out the attorney on the other side can't access it without special um, passwords and accesses. It's just kind of crazy mm-hmm. but um, that you would think it was that confidential, but it is. Yeah. Well, what happens is the temporary restraining order signed by the judge puts everything on hold. Once you're served and you know about it, you, there's a lot of things that you cannot do that are in that order, and you right. never had any say in the matter. Okay. Yes. Then uh, within that temporary restraining order, the judge has set a temporary order's hearing date because generally those go hand in hand. The TRO um, is the first thing that's signed, and it's signed ex parte to kind of keep everything safe. It's a safety measure. And then there is a temporary orders hearing date set by the court, mm-hmm. and that's when when everybody has to start preparing to go to court to start fighting for, to make the temporary restraining order a permanent order, but they're the orders that are set before the, 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 the final decision, after the real facts are fought out before jury, there's a fact issue, and... Texas is one of the few states, I think three in the nation, Mm -hmm. that allows you to have a jury on fact issues. Mm -hmm. But it is not common in divorce to have a jury in in most of the nation. And um, so what happens is you set this temporary orders hearing, and it's a big deal. It's not something that you should kind of, oh, I'm just going to go assist for temporary orders. Generally, I don't want to say generally because there's nothing general about a divorce. But um, many times the temporary orders hearing sets the pace for the entire the rest of the divorce proceeding. If, if you lose your temporary orders hearing, uh, that's a bad thing. And a lot mm. of people put most of their effort or their money into the temporary orders hearing and they'll get them reset. They'll get, you'll get the temporary restraining order um, extended for another 21 days until they have time to get witnesses and what have you, because both parties want what they want. If it's not amicable. Now, that being said, if if somebody, if the temporary restraining order, uh, if, if, that, if it's set, if there's a hearing set, and the other party receives this notice of a hearing and gets an attorney and realizes, hey, I'm not in disagreement. I'm in total agreement with everything that the other side wants. Great, don't go to the hearing, pass the hearing, set out your own agreed temporary orders and go forward. But here's the caveat to that. If you enter agreed temporary orders, now you've got an order before the court and orders before the court are hard to change. There's certain burden that has to be met And it could be that you entered the agreed temporary orders because at the time you didn't have money to hire an attorney. At the time you thought your partner was going to be reasonable, but things changed. You thought the judge was going to be mad at you if you didn't agree. For whatever number of reasons, you entered agreed temporary orders because you may have been persuaded by your attorney that this is what you can afford. Are you just Um,
0: tired of the whole
1: deal? I think that many, many people that I've done, um, I've entered agreed temporary orders with. They honestly believe that the partner that they actually procreated with was going to be reasonable with them, right? And they didn't think that things were going to get worse than they were, right? But in my experience, things have are they generally do get worse than the way they were. Mm -hmm. If you're dealing with irrationality, and that is uh, a very common trait. Even with the most rational people, people are not themselves during a divorce and a child custody battle.
0: Well, this is a little off topic, but I want to know what you think about, um, you know, I've heard several times people say that divorce attorneys are the worst. Divorce attorneys bring out the worst in people. Um, (laughs) It's the attorney's fault. Right. What's your (laughs) response to that?
1: Because it's like blaming uh, what are all the little sayings where you can just blame anybody, but, no, but yourself? Goats. yeah, uh, I, I can't even think of, of the, the proverb right now where you would say it would be okay uh, for, uh, I guess it's, maybe it's not politically correct, but it's always Bush's fault. Mm-hmm. Obama would say it's Bush's fault. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I want, when Trump says it's Obama's fault, I'm not in complete disagreement agreement with that. So I have to go back to Obama. Right. <laughs> because I don't think it, I think that Trump was right. Yeah. But, um, and, uh, well, you and I have talked about that before. People are at their worst. Yeah, they are people are at in divorce they're at their
0: worst. They're in a
1: lawsuit with the person yes. that they trusted that they had sex with that yeah, it's they terrible. that there there's a complete a complete breach of the relationship in in so many ways because unless both people agree and that's so seldom that t- both people agree they need a divorce. Yeah. Uh people got together for the, and they expected happily ever after and it didn't yeah. happen. And I know that the people that are dealing with a divorce, they are not themselves. No. They are completely insane during they this are. period. You almost, as an attorney, you have to see this and forgive them. Yes. Not that you need to forgive anybody, but, you know, that would be God doing that or Jesus. But, but um, you have to um, get past it and understand that they are, they are asking idiotic questions for the most part. That's not all my clients, but I would say 95% of my clients in a divorce situation are tense they are. They are turning to um, substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, so not ninety percent do that, but no. But, but they're looking stress for stress relief. They drink peace. too much, right? They don't. Their life, they're gone. What they had anticipated is gone, and and, and they're angry and hurt. They want it to. They want to make it better. They want to make it go back to the way it was. Are the one that wants to leave wants them to leave them alone, right? Or they start stalking and it's just it's insanity, horrible. right? Total insanity. And so, um, uh, As an attorney, you have to see that. And the problem is you have to also understand people that when you hire an attorney and you're in this sort of uh, a chaotic state and they usually don't have much money because one party or the other has taken all the money or frozen it, then um, you have to sort of take a step back. Do not blame your attorney if you're in a bad situation. Uh, I I love one attorney that I worked with before. He always said, we're like plumbers. You know, we're dealing with somebody else's crap all the time. That's and true. and it, you know it, it, it's just what it is. So. It is.
0: So, well, I know that was a little little off topic, yeah. but I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Okay, so, but,
1: but temporary here, orders hearing. Temporary orders. Um, how soon does a temporary orders hearing occur in a case? Typically, temporary orders hearings are held within two weeks of following the suit, um, if a temporary restraining order has been requested by a party. Just as I was telling you before, they kind of go hand in hand. Remember people And they've that,
0: always been requested by a party, really, right?
1: Well, no, because I have so many divorces where they don't want to do a temporary restraining order, temporary no? orders. Even with kids, they're like, I don't want to go there. I just want to file for divorce, and and I don't need that right now because we're working it out on our own. We've got the kids. The kids are happy. Um, an amicable divorce, you don't have to have temporary orders. Okay. they were expensive. Um, I say, as an attorney, don't go there. Yeah. Because—and I think even the judges have seen it all. They're frustrated by it. They just don't— they, they roll their eyes because they see, they've seen it over and over again. They're hearing it, and I think they're probably—and this may be bad to say, but they, they, they're just—they're almost numb to it. They're hearing the same arguments over and over. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's really, really serious, though, and, like, there's some—there's physical violence involved. Right. And it, the judges aren't seeing it because it's not being—it's not out to the, um, the court as it should be because it's being downplayed. So, if, if there's physical violence, call nine one one. Get out. Right, just get out. Absolutely, if, if, rather than stick around and say. And oh, make sure fine. you tell your attorney. Oh, I, I, well, I think people tell you they, they tell their attorney. The problem is the attorney. Also, you have to make sure that the attorney understands every fact. So, attorneys to uh, listen to your clients. Don't roll your eyes and say, have yeah. this before." More than likely, um, well, you're. The, uh, I don't want to get kind of. There's so many different scenarios. Um, Attorneys just listen to the facts and glean through. Uh, uh, when there's something really serious, and if you're, you needed to advise your client to get out, there are many situations where the woman or the man need to leave the situation immediately and find shelter. And um, and I'm not being just a crazy attorney saying that. Right. Uh, people get crazy during divorce. People that never ever were violent will suddenly become violent mm. and because they don't want to lose what they had. Yeah. They can't believe this is happening. Right. The love of their life is cheating on them, and they never saw it coming. I think right. that may have been sort of a segue, you know, kind of going backwards from Anthony Bourdain. He he didn't get violent. He killed himself. That's mm. violent in itself. It is. Um, and that may not be the reason, but it sure looks that way to me. Really? Mm. So, um Okay, anyway. so two weeks after
0: the uh, it's filed with the court, you'll have a hearing for temporary orders. Yes,
1: and that kind of segues into what is the difference between a temporary order and a protective order, A protective order is an order that provides protection for a person after the court determines family violence has occurred and is likely to occur again in the future. And that's really scary, too, because um, because what if it hasn't occurred yet, but you think it's going to occur, then you can't get a protective order It has to have occurred. Don't wait to need a protective order. Just get out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, um, and that, that's
0: where the temporary orders fill that gap too. Yeah, uh, it, it, you're ordered not to do those things.
1: Okay, uh, the uh, protective order is different from a temporary order in that if a person violates a protective order, law enforcement may immediately take that person into custody. Right. So the good thing about a protective order is it's because it's happened before mm-hmm. they can get into custody, but. And likely to happen again, you can get this order. And then you have these people that just go right to the brink of not hitting you, but just scaring you to death and threatening and harassing you. See,
0: that's violence. And 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 that's under the protective order. It should be. It It, should be. It is, though. It is. There's a whole section on what uh, intimidation, fear, and intimidation is about. Yeah, I can't remember the language, but I remember
1: reading it. Okay, so what is decided at a temporary orders hearing? Um, I don't know how much time we have to cover before. Uh, we're going to take a break here in about a minute and a half. Okay, so I'll go over there. Um, what is decided at a temporary orders hearing? That's what you were, going about. You were talking about before, and I'd asked you. Right. Um, and and you, you were talking about, you just didn't tell the, our, our listeners uh, what specifically happens in temporary orders as opposed to all the orders because they're so similar. What is the ultimate resolution and what happens in the temporary orders case? Uh, Hearing, as you know, because you've done a a, you know a gazillion of them, um, is that um, the it's the same issues being addressed, but one's permanent and one's temporary. And I can't emphasize enough how important it is to win that temporary order's hearing. Uh, But I can't emphasize enough also that if you enter the agreed order, it's so hard to change. Right. And it's expensive, right. too. So don't just flippantly enter into agreed orders. No. Well, you you better think twice about that and really sit down with both sides. And mediation is not a bad thing. Right. But, um, But it, it may be that you're afraid of mediation. And remember also in mediation that you don't have to settle at mediation, but it's good to have a third-party intermediary to kind of, you know, voice both sides. Absolutely. And you don't have to go to a paid mediator. In Montgomery County and Harris County, they have the DRC and the DRO. Where you can get a free mediator as a public service, just somebody as a sounding board to get in there. And you don't have to be in the same room if you're afraid. So, so. that's right. That's right. Okay. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after the break.
0: Send us your questions at questions at legalconnectionshow.com. And uh, we'll try and answer them on the air. We'll be right back. President of the Woodlands-Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out ourlonstar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM and Internet Radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back to the Legal Connection Show with Tony and Cheryl. Today, Tony and I are talking about temporary orders, but I want to let our listeners know that you can download our podcast on Wednesdays from IRLoneStar.com. You can get us on iTunes and Google Play, and we're working on having those podcasts put on um, our Facebook page and our website as well. Our website is LegalConnectionShow.com. So... Tony, you've got a case for us about temporary orders. Now, you were saying that once you've agreed to temporary orders, it's difficult to get back in there and change those temporary orders. Well, I don't
1: want to say difficult, because that's going to make people not want to even try to, because it's not impossible. But, um, you know, as we've discussed before, and we discussed a lot of our cases, you know, not the facts of the case, but sort of the, because there's a lot of attorney-client privilege, but but just kind of the procedural part of it, um, if, if there, you had agreed temporary orders, and temporary orders are just that. They are uh, the orders that are entered during the pendency of the lawsuit. They were never meant to be something that was going to be, you know, for the entire pendency of, till the kid turns 18 or is out of college or whatever the case may be, um, or is emancipated or what have you. Um, they were just, it, it, it was just what was going to happen during, until it was determined what the permanent, I want to say permanent temporary orders until they're 18, uh, uh, what should happen during the case. to keep the Right. And, and in the best interest of the child, there's all the little rules that you go by. And 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 basically, um, even in the case I was looking at, the, the case law and family law, it, the, the the burdens that uh, the public policy is, is pretty much the same. And it, it makes a lot of sense. The legislature's, you know, kind of went about it the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the public policy is to ensure that the children will have frequent and continuing contact with the parents who have shown the ability to act in the child's best interest. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got, you know, them trying to kidnap the child because to be vindictive or something, of course, that's not going to work. Or if you're letting them, if they're eating cotton candy at night just because they're trying to bribe them uh, to stay with them so they don't have to pay child support, that's not in their best interest. So mm-hmm. all those things kick in, and the judges and the jury can see right through it. People know when, you know, even in Proverbs, and that would have been a good segue for it, um, even Solomon said, spank your kids. That would be good for them instead of them running out in the street and, you know, killing themselves. You have to teach them what when they're in harm's way because they mm-hmm. don't know because they're mm-hmm. like little puppies. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the public policies provide a safe and stable and nonviolent environment for the child. And as sad as it is, violence is kind of goes hand in hand. Um, a lot of times when there's discord in a relationship, people yeah. want to react. They mm-hmm. want to react because they it's just an instinctive thing. Um, or whether they want to or not, they just do. They react. do. It's and, mm-hmm. and We know that because right. the nicest people in the world suddenly and we represent them all the time in mm-hmm. assault cases out of nowhere. They, and this happens so much mm-hmm. where uh, young teenage and young parents uh, find out that the other side is, um, or they suspect that they might be cheating and they want to see their phone, never fails. If the other side says, no, it, it's none of your business because no. I'm not doing anything, they try to get the phone and then it turns into a fight. Mm-hmm. And the police are called, you know how many mm-hmm. cases? And it turns into a family assault and then mm-hmm. and one thing leads to another. So don't react, people just walk away, don't ask. Please don't ask to see your spouse's or your your girlfriend's phone And and, and except for that doesn't apply to Jim. Uh, Jim, if I ask to see your phone at all times, turn it over to me with the password. And he, and every time he's done that, it's always, there's never been anything on it. And to the point where I'm so bored with it, you know, I, I'm bored to tears and I fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> he does have some funny little memes and stuff on there. Uh-huh. Um, they encourage parents to share um, in the rights and the duties of raising their child after the parents have separated or dissolved their marriage. Okay, now that being said, a couple of things happen. You go to the temporary orders hearing and let's say you don't agree. I'm going to go, give you have a different example? You don't agree, and you go to the hearing, and you weren't prepared because you didn't put a lot of effort into it because you didn't think it was going to be a big deal. You go in, and you weren't prepared, and the other side wins what they asked for, which is custody kids or more, more visitation that you wanted, and you were the better parent. Now you're really frustrated. This person that never cared about watching the kids before, they were never there, their parents are the only one watching them, they're bringing in, you know, they're, uh, whatever the case may be. They didn't care about the kids. They're using them as a tool, and suddenly they've got a lot more custody or they've right. got— uh, you know, they've got the primary custody. You're incensed because you want to blame your attorney and maybe that'd be your attorney's fault. Maybe mm-hmm. you, didn't, you didn't give them enough facts to really fight this or maybe your witnesses didn't show up or you didn't give them the right, whatever the case may be, you weren't prepared. All is not lost, people, okay? If you are, if your hearing is before an associate judge in the court um, because the other side didn't object or maybe that's the only one that was available, you can um, appeal that within three days and have a whole do-over, a de novo, just and you can set it so this time you're ready. So I say if you're not quite ready and the other side hasn't objected, have your hearing before the associate judge in the family mm. court because you've got three days to appeal and it's a whole new do-over and and it's a great thing. There it's the, you, no more not a whole lot more of expense to be ready for it, okay? right? right. Um, and then you go, but now you're going to have a real trial. And once the the trial is done because you have not agreed in front of the court, it's serious because. The status quo in these courts, if the kids end up wherever they end up for, you know, three or four, two months, two years, however long it lasts before you go to trial, um, that's stability for those kids. And if that's all things right. are going well because the other, the other parent is behaving for the first time in the entire relationship, you that may be where the kids stay. So the temporary orders here are very, very important. Don't take them lightly. Take that's them so very true. seriously. Right. Now, if you enter agreed orders because you're like, okay, well, I don't want to go to the temporary orders hearing. I don't know how it's going to go. I like the benefit of, of knowing the, the known as opposed to the unknown. And, you know, let's just, you'll save money because your attorney's not going to be there the whole day or for two or three days or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, you enter agreed temporary orders. Okay, they're not easy to change because um, even, um, uh, okay, let, let me go back. There's not a lot of cases, uh, there's not a lot of case law on changing agreed temporary orders because people don't really want to go to the expense or once they've agreed, they figure they can work it out on their own because they don't, their attorneys are charging them so much. That's also so a true. reason not to want to go back to court again and work it out with your spouse. Particularly if um, you've gotten temporary orders where one side of the other has to pay the attorney's fees mm-hmm. uh, because one is the breadwinner. That doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, that also is a, uh, you know, another factor in not having to actually go through a full-blown hearing. Plus, when you go on to a temporary orders hearing, you know, it's, it's strenuous, and it makes, I think, it can be twofold. Sometimes the, when the person sees their spouse, up there crying, and it gets very emotional. They don't want to put them through that again if they actually mm-hmm. have a heart. Most of my opposing counsel's clients mm-hmm. have mechanical pumps for hearts, and they don't care, right. and they, they relish seeing the other side cry It's a sign of weakness. So yeah. so it's, it's tough, and your attorney has to toughen you up, and mm-hmm. that's when the Bible comes in handy. Go, pray before you go in and be weak. That was mm-hmm. one of the Proverbs I read don't be weak, get in there and Mm -hmm. fight. Okay. Now agree, temporary orders. If you've got to fight those, it used to be that at least, um, the the rules on changing orders, whether they're agreed, temporary orders or any orders. Okay. If the permanent orders until the kid turns 18, generally, um, if there's a material change in circumstances within one year of the order, even if it's been a trial, you can go in and you can ask for orders. That's in the statute that the Mm -hmm. Texas family code. Right. Right. Um, but you can't go back and change those orders before uh, uh, within a year, unless um, there's been a material change. Mm-hmm. After three years, though, you can. You can just right. go back in and say, "I want a second look." Let's go back in. I want to change the orders. I mean, any number of things um, mm-hmm. that you want to change for. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's a different. The, the the burden is different from one year to three years. Three years, you can pretty much go in there. And just ask for the order to be changed. Mm-hmm. One year, there's got to be, and I'm not looking at the exact wording to it, I think.
0: I think it's a material or substantial change in um, circumstance.
1: It says that it, it's, uh, oh, I don't even have the property code in here. It's a tax property code. The circumstance of the parties, including the child, had so materially and substantially changed since the entry of the order that the retention of, uh, uh, well, wh- whatever the changes that you're asking for, and it's usually the managing conservatorship or the primary conservator. Uh, would be so injurious to the welfare of the child and that they'd need to change it, okay? so it has to be a big change in circumstance. Agreed orders are different though. who knew in in Ray Casanova, which was a case um, out of Dallas in two thousand and fourteen um, and again, this isn't the, if they have to hit the appellate level for them to even show up in these. but um the the burden is that um, it has to be I had it checked off. Because it was so different, because I had so people people that I've had to go to case uh, to go to court on this. The child required. Uh, I'm sorry. The oh, let me read this. It's the welfare and safety of the child, and uh, so that's like,
0: the burden. Well, listen, Tony, we're out of time today. I know, I know, but I think that we need to talk about this next week instead of the defamation. Let me just read
1: this real quick. Any modifications of temporary orders are to be measured, namely whether the temporary orders are for the safety and welfare of the child safety and welfare override everything. If you can't pre safety and welfare, you will not get a change in the agreement report.
0: Okay, listen next week 12 to 1 p.m. on Tuesdays. 104.5, 106.1, irlonestar.com
1: and serve God.